Welcome back. Hey, Bart. Hey, we're back, baby. We're back. We we are back. Back again. Wasn't that an Eminem? Uh, so we should maybe do that with the intro, Mike. We do, to the Eminem. Guess who's back, baby? Guess who's back? <laughs> but you know what? Unfortunately, guess who's not back? Uh, we are still. Uh, it's three. It's three minus one, which makes two. And that's uh, that means there's no Deno this week. But Deno has assured us that come kickoff of the Raptor season, uh, he'll be back, back in action. So uh, for all of our Deno fans out there, which I think there's. One, uh, he will be back. He will be back. Johnny, Johnny, likes <laughs> Johnny does love him. Johnny loves him. Oh, and, and Mike loves him. Uh, all right. So, Kitch, listen, where do you want to get started? Lots. We didn't, you obviously need to get caught up the last time we chatted. Uh, well, not the last time you and I chatted. I feel like, uh, although we haven't done the pod in six weeks, I feel like I've, uh, you've been part of my life for far too many of those six weeks. No, no, it's been exhausting, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so lots to catch up on here, but I don't want to dwell on uh, anything too much in the past. Uh, I'll start with Kyle Lowry. See you later. That's all I get to say. Good riddance. Um, I mean, did you? I don't know if you saw this, but there is some sort of uh, thought process now. This was all convoluted, right? This was all part of the the master plan that he was. The whole trade trade deadline thing is because there was a wink, wink under the table. I'm coming to you anyways in the off season. Don't trade for me now, Miami. Uh, but apparently Masai was in on it too. So, so who knows, but whatever, you know what? The Larry air is over. I look forward to his return. It is what it is, but he's out of here. But, but is, is the Drakaj era, is that coming in? I guess he, well, he does, wait. he does not want to be here. Wait, <laughs> he is. wait, wait till you get to one of my, uh, one of my scenarios. I'm going to present to you shortly. Uh, but you know, but I went through the roster. Okay. Let's just, let's just go to, to what we have, right? I actually went to the roster today and I'm of two minds. Uh, it's not as horrifically bad as I thought it was. Uh, yet when you go through the East, which we're going to do here in a second, and you, and you just say the other names of the other teams, it's like, Ooh, I don't know if we like, who are we going to beat enough times uh, to get the top eight? Like I think best case scenario uh, right now is a play in is a play in spot, which then, but what, then what is that? And then what are we trying to, at that stage, what are we trying to accomplish? Is playing even happening next year? Next year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're doing it's it. Back, oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't think it's ever, once they, once they uh, come up with ideas that generate revenue, they generally don't go away. Yeah. And they let the, and let, and let the owners vote. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And they generally don't go away. <laughs> so that's it. That's here to stay. So but why don't we just talk quickly about the Raptors current construction uh, of the roster? And I'll, and I'll throw it to you if you have any uh, initial thoughts. Otherwise, I can. Well, so we got, we obviously, we got Siakam, who's still around. He, uh, the, uh, it was well, well reported that he was being shopped in the offseason. Um, but obviously, to no takers or to no takers of, of Masai's uh, needs. So we got Siakam back this year. Siakam, let's hope that back in Toronto, in a stable home environment, maybe we get something out of him. Maybe, maybe he, he sees a psychologist all summer and uh, they work on the part of his game that is the weakest, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with uh, riding that out and seeing what Siakam brings this year. I, I would have liked to have done something to the trade, but I, I'm okay with that. Uh, and then I, I, uh, Trent, I think Trent actually, this is, it, this is the year. This is the year, okay, what, do we make a mistake or is this guy the real deal? And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him step up a bit this year. So I think that... That uh, could could prove uh, prove beneficial to them. The Scotty Barnes uh, is he going to start? Or is he going to come off the bench? Uh, who, who knows there? But but everything you're reading about him is he is a he's a big gamer. Like he is a, he's one that is a team guy. Loves to uh, loves to get everybody involved. Um, so I I think he could be a proven asset. I don't, I don't know I don't know how well he plays the game. I hardly saw him in college. But from a team guy, they they've been ramping him up. So those three guys. The verdict's up for those three guys this year, and uh, we'll, we'll live or die by them, I think. Well, listen, from a Scotty Barnes perspective, I'll give the kid credit. Everything he has said has been all the right things, 
right? Uh, and everything that, come, that has come out of Raptor Land is that they love him. He's got way more to offer. He had a decent uh, summer league, uh, and that he is just literally this raw talent that they're gonna, you know, figure out how to use. And he could be, you know, he could be a multi-year all-star type somewhere down the road with his with his dimensions that he's got. Right? He's like six nine, wingspan like seven five. Like he's just he's a bit of a uh, of a specimen from a from his uh, his physical attributes. So. Yeah, obviously the jury's out on him, uh, but I'm far more encouraged than I was on draft night. I'll tell you that I'm yeah. far more encouraged than when I was on draft night. So uh, that I mean, who? But but who knows? I mean, is he starting? I don't know. Probably, probably. That seems like a bit of a stretch. But when you go through the roster, I mean, <laughs> could be uh, Gary. Listen, I think you get a guy in a, in a midseason trade like that. Uh, who comes in now, he's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Understand this whole Toronto thing, by the way, with the whole them being back in, in uh, the four, one, six, that's going to factor in here. I mean, I think oh, we were seeing, I think dude. we're seeing it with, I think we're seeing it with the Jays, even just the, the chain. I mean, I, they've been on a better run since they've been in a home stadium. That's theirs. Uh, I think the comfort level. So I, I think that will change the dynamic uh, here a little bit that we can't discount, but you know what Gary trying, it was so hot and cold with him again, huge question mark, right? So this guy is a question mark. Gary Trent's a question mark. You know, Pascal, he's not necessarily a question mark. The, the only question is, is he going to get back to that level pre-bubble where I don't think we had a ton to bitch about with him, right? I mean, he was a second team all, all NBA. If he comes back to that type of level, then I, mean, I think we'd be, we'd be pretty happy with that. Um, and then, and then, you know, the I mean, you got OG, you got Freddie, you get, Precious, who knows what he's capable of, second year in the league. Uh, and then, you know, we got a few bangers. Right? We got the Ken Birches of the world still here, Gillespie, Boucher. I mean, so it's a it's a roster that I think is on the cusp of having pieces where it can be competitive, but it's still missing obviously the it factor to to go to that to, you know, we're if we're actually talking about getting back to, you know, and this is what I was saying, you know, he's here to win championships. Well, this team seems like they're a long ways away to win championships, but they're not, it's not like out of the realm uh, that this could happen. However, and I'm talking to both sides of my mouth because I'm, I'm going to tell you that I also think I was two years too early on my, on my blow it up uh, mantra, but this is also a roster that if there is nothing happening uh, and they're struggling or whatever, I mean, how do you keep this thing together? Right. And so we do have some pieces, right? You got the Dragic stuff. I mean, Dragic is not a Raptor. Uh, 12 months from now. I, I don't think there's any if, ends, or buts about that. They're, we're going to move him at, at some stage. So he's not around, but he's a, he's a trade piece. So that, that, that's a good thing. But I mean, if we're, if we're, um, you know, if we're halfway through the season, middling at a, looking at like a 32 to 33 game, I mean, what are you doing with this roster? I think that's going to be the, uh, the point of emphasis at some stage, but who knows? I, I but I, I guess my point is, I also think this roster could surprise to the upside. Yeah, you're right. We have a lot of the, we, we, I, I think we have a lot of the same, like we have a lot of guys that are, so if, if you're ranking guys, A, B, C, D, E, we have a boatload of B's like decent, yeah. some decent players, a lot of B's, but we don't have an A. So yeah, I, I can see the roster. Like if you can, if you can get rid of Siakam and maybe OG or, and, and get an A, then I think that's the trade you make throughout the year. You sort of say, okay, let's bring an A in. We got to get rid of some of our B's. And then, uh, and then hopefully the bees can step up when the A gets here. And, and, and that was, that was the Kawhi model. Like we brought in Kawhi as, as a, a plus and we had a solemn, solid amount of bees on that team. Lowry could be an A minus, I guess, if you want to throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, but he's a, he's a B plus, uh, you know, a, a kinda. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And so I, I think, you know, and again, when I go through the roster, I think obviously the biggest glaring issue is shooting, right? There is not, there's not enough just, knockdown shooters on the squad. There are a bunch of guys. They kind of remind me of the Jays a little bit. There's going to be a bunch of guys that have good nights here and there. And then they're going to go in, they're going to go in the tank for two or three games. And then you just, you got to hope that, you know, that we're not uh, all hot on the same night because there isn't that guy who's going to bring consistency from a, from shooting. And that includes Fred, right? Yeah. None, of, none of those guys are consistent enough. They are not. And the, I think the other big hole, and I don't think we fixed it is the, uh, is the offensive boards. Defensive board. We don't have we don't have the big like is is our Birch and Gillespie going to be that much better because Boucher's not going to be a big rebounder. He's just too skinny. So are those guys going to be that much better to actually get some boards for us this year? Or are we going to are we going to out rebounded thirty to ten again this year, which really paid some negative dividends last year? Yeah, I, I, again, I would say that that is still a major 
gap for us. I mean, I don't think Kem Birch, who has been middling around the NBA, who no one else seemed to want, uh, that we got and all of a sudden that's the answer to our defensive uh, uh, rebounding and, and uh, protecting the room. I, I don't think he's the, uh, I don't think he's an all-star waiting to, waiting to happen. No, he's not even, no. he's not even a surge or, or a Gasol at the end of their, their, uh, their days. So yeah. yeah, no, we, again, this is nowhere near a, a perfectly constructed roster that gives us a chance, but I mean, I think it, but I guess my point is, would it surprise me if they were 41 and 41? No. Nope. It would not. Nope. It would not. Um, okay, listen, because we're, uh, we're, where's, we're just, where's Precious? Is Precious a big guy? Is he a banger? Well, it's like he's like six eight and meant to be a, you know, we got a lot of that six eight mold guys. Yeah, but I think banger is probably the right. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's okay to get underneath and mix it up. A bit yeah, things, so. uh, yeah, he's more of that guy. Oh, yeah, he's not. We need that. We need that. So maybe Definitely. maybe we get some of the Precious. Who, who knows? Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think there's still a lot of questions. Like, yeah, we don't know what we have with that guy. Right. We don't know what we have with Garrett. We don't know what we have with Ken Birch. Like, uh, you know, OG, is he going to take another step up? Because people yep. keep talking about his. Own. So, yeah, we got to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you saw it, too. Like ESPN, they graded all the teams for their offseason moves in the NBA. And the Raptors were given a D plus, which was the second worst in offseason moves. So the, so, so the ESPN threw the Raptors under the the boss for what they did in the offseason for, for regards to their their uh, their restructuring. Well, I, I kind of get it. I mean, we yeah. didn't really we didn't really do much. Nope. Nope. Um, but that being said, I still think we are, we are positioned uh, to be a player uh, in, in trade markets, uh, free agent markets down the road. So like, we're not, it probably didn't hurt us when a guy, when a guy who we traded for openly said, I do not want to play there <laughs> publicly. That doesn't, that doesn't help your rating. <laughs> All right. But quickly, yes or no. Are we better than this team? The bucks? No Celtics. Nope. 76ers. Nope. Hawks. Nope. Nets. Nope. No, Nets or no. Miami? No. Now here's where it gets a little tricky. The Bulls. Are we better than the Bulls? This year? I, I I would I would say no. I, I I'll season will play out, but at least we got a chance maybe with them. So so I'll put them in probably a no, but I'll 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 give a small chance to us. The Knicks. I would say we're on par with the Knicks this year. What they were the they were the four seed last year. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't I, get I, worse. I, I, I didn't believe. I didn't. I don't believe. In them oh. yet. They're the Knicks. Yeah, they're just the Knicks. That's, that's, that's Pacers similar. are another one. All the Pacers are. All right. But are we, are we better than the Hornets? Yes. <laughs> that was way too confident. <laughs> you said, you said that without pause. You should have paused at least before you said yes. Uh, Pacers on par with them. Right. And then you're looking at the, you know, the wizards, pistons, Cavs, or magic that we're, we should be better. Yeah, than so you, all so you said six. You gave us six there that were that I said that we were we were definitely not better than. So that puts us seven, and I put us a par with three or four. So that puts us seven to ten, which I think is where we're at. I think yeah. we're I think we're yeah. we're seven to ten, and I and I think that's I think unless we get a unless we pick up another A player, I think we're seven to ten this year. Yeah, but again, eleven or twelve wouldn't shock you either. Wouldn't shock me. No, no. Right. God, yeah, not a gr- not fifth a and six might, and fifth and six might shock me actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Probably, probably less shocked on the downside than I am on the upside. <laughs> um. So with that in mind, two quick trade scenarios, both involving Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. Would you trade Ben Simmons right now, straight up for Pascal? Not a chance. Not in a million years. Okay. Interesting. Now, would you trade Ben Simmons for Freddie Van Fleet? And then a whatever whatever member of that team would, would fill this the salary gap. So it's probably gonna be like a Gary Trent uh in in that space. Like would you would you trade two for one of that ilk? Not a chance. Not not a thousand percent, no. I think Ben Simmons is a cancer. I think he is detrimental to your locker room. I think he's detrimental on the court. Like th- there's a guy that didn't show up in the playoffs last year was dreadful, um, showed show like he didn't care in the press card. They never said, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm having trouble. Just like, oh, this is, this is what it is. He didn't show, he showed, showed he had no emotion on the fact that he was, he was dismal in the playoffs and now is demanding a trade. Like, what, where can you, 
if you you were awful last year and now you're coming out and demanding a trade, you stink the joint out. Um, I just think I just think he is a complete head case. And if things go si- sideways, he just doesn't even he just gives he throws in the towel and, and doesn't fight through it. I don't I do not want that guy. He you know what he can go play with cousins. Let him go play with cousins somewhere, the two of them. I don't think well, if he does that, it's gonna be in a playground because I don't think Boogie's on a <laughs> roster anywhere. I think I think the Boogie NBA days are, are officially over. I, if we get Simmons, I guarantee you we'll be going, Oh my god, what are we thinking? This guy is a massive head case. I, I just I do not want him. Yeah, so here's where I would uh entertain it. He's not worth giving up a known quantity uh, because he's an unknown quantity. Uh, so I, I kind of agree with you. But would I give away like the next five first round draft choices for him? Yeah, I do something like that and some salad. Like, uh, I, I told because talk about unknowns, draft picks are the, the ultimate unknowns, right? So I, I am a believer in that. If you've got something that you actually can, uh, can grab on and say that's what that's what you know you're getting versus a future draft pick that you have no idea what you're going to get. Yeah, I I would give away a ton but, of draft you, capital. You can't you can't say right now you know what you're getting with Simmons. Like you don't you don't know what he's like. What you, like he's been so well, hot and cold lately. Are, are you getting a guy who can score? Are, are you getting a guy who can defend? Are you getting a guy who's going to stay out of the media? Like you don't. He's he's just gone so off the rails now. You don't know what you're getting with him. Well, here's what I can tell you. I I do think the Raptors when when he does get traded. Uh, I think there's going to be lots of chatter of the Raptors being involved in that uh, process. Whether or not we pull the trigger, I don't know. But I think, I think, I think, there, I mean, Dragic alone, there's 20 million that you've got in cap space, right? So that's going to be valuable. So he, he's a trade chip. So I think we're going to, I think we're going to be there. The only problem is I think Philadelphia is ridiculous in what they think they're going to get for him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, they want, they want the better player, uh, which yeah. we don't necessarily have. I mean, I saw the trade offer for uh, they wanted Pascal and like three of our next first round draft choices. Uh, plus what somebody else to, to fill this out. I mean, it was just like, come on. Like that's, yeah, that's drag, drag your feet. If, you, if he's not showing up to training camp and he's not playing, then by, by a month in the season, Philly's going to go, okay, all right, let's, let's wow. see what's out there now. Like, yeah. Somebody's going to blink. Someone's going to yeah. blink at some stage, but I think Philly could wait. They could wait a long time. I mean, they just might write this year off and go, fuck it. Like I would, I would not capitulate to this fucking guy. No, but they got a team that can win. They got a team that can win now. So, so yeah, do you, they? You, yeah, I think do so. They? With I Simmons, think. maybe with a healthy Simmons, maybe, but not without him. They can't. Win no, now without no. Him. Well, it's right. But if they trade, if they don't, if he doesn't play, and they trade him, and they get back a Siakam or something like that, then maybe they win with win with that guy as opposed to winning with Simmons. They'll get something for Simmons. Well, the theory is uh, they're waiting on Lillard, uh, maybe Bradley Beal. Right. Those are the two guys are kind of they're kind of waiting on. So right, yeah, right. Who knows? All right. All right. Listen, uh, we're gonna move on because uh we are keeping this brief in our first foray back into the uh to the podcasting world. Um, but we obviously with the Raptor season just got October 20th, like it's literally a month away. Okay, well to pick pick your winner, East West. Who you who you like? East West winner. Well, Nets for sure out of the east. Yeah, you I can't, can't, you, you can't uh would it shock me if Milwaukee somehow had a second and one more run them? It wouldn't shock me, but I the Nets, as long as they stay healthy, they have to be it. Yeah. And the West, oh my god, the West is so wide open. Uh, uh I think I think I think Lakers are I think the Lakers are primed for for it now. Once again, healthy thing with quiet out now. I think Phoenix might have been a bit of a one hit wonder there. I just think uh not Golden State, who knows we're gonna get a Golden State this year, but I think I think the Lakers are. Come yeah, I, I well, I mean, but the problem is they're they're an AD or LeBron injury away from it being yep. over for them, right? So they're right. they're pretty precarious as well. But yeah, I mean, I think if they were to stay healthy and the Nets stay healthy, that would yeah, those I think that's everyone would say that. But I think that God, so it's so hard with any. I mean, think of those top five players: Harden, uh, Kyrie, uh, Durant, Durant, Durant LeBron, and AD. I mean, how often those guys have been healthy the last three or four years? Like, I mean. Yep. Yeah, so I, I would say I would say the NBA is probably why I would not be making any um, wagers just yet. If I yeah. was, I'll tell you what: you want to make a wager on a team to win the NBA right now? Go get somebody with decent odds and hope that they're the ones that that come out and stay healthy, right? So stay the healthy, other teams yeah. get hurt. Yeah, like Phoenix last year, like yeah, yeah. Well, or Milwaukee when I could have them at like eighteen to one, but I waited to five to one, but I still got them. <laughs> still got. Them. Uh, you know what? Speaking of gambling, uh, let's move into our gambling segment. And we're only two weeks. We're only two weeks uh, behind schedule from the uh, the NFL. And I just want everyone to know that had we been doing this at the start pre-COVID, before I got my COVID uh, issues, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, I would be I'd be off to an awesome start. I would be, I would be leading. I'd be leading. I'd be five and one. Would you be more than five and one? 
I'd be six and zero. <laughs> I'd be six and zero, and then I would be then I would be zero and six on his unders. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we are going to make three picks, uh, and we are going to track it, and we're going to update everybody. I don't care what anyone says. We're updating our results uh, each week, and then I know you like to sprinkle in some college, uh, so I'm going to allow you to sprinkle in one college bet. Okay, one college bet. All right, uh, and my, and I'm going to sprinkle in one college bet, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's going to be the Alabama Crimson Tide first half every time that's available. I'm going to sprinkle that in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are. They're like they're like ten, the last eleven, I think, in that in that, in that category. Uh, all right. So uh, with that, uh, do we have any picks? We didn't get picks from Denno this week, did we? No. We'll get him. We'll get him. To, we'll get him to throw picks in next he's week. He's watch the game. We'll get him to throw picks in next week. Uh, all right. So do you want to? Uh, you want to start us off? All right. I'm going to lead. My first pick um, is the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers under forty three and a half. You yeah. watch the. You watch these teams. Since he has no offensive line, I, I, I say poor Joe Burrows is just getting annihilated in the backfield again this year. It is it's it is it is awful to watch their offense try to protect him. He's scrambling around. Sadly, I don't think he's going to last another season. And Ben Bench is getting old. He's getting like Drew Brees was last year. He's getting old. The team is not that great. I just I can't I that this division game. I think this goes 10, seven, 17, 10. I think this is a, a well, well, under, well under. they're, they're saying the same thing about Pittsburgh and, and I've seen it in both the games. Uh, I've been on Pittsburgh twice this year. Um, I know. I know you made it our starter <laughs> last week. Jesus. Wow. Come on. The Raiders. Come on. Raiders uh, but, real. but Ben's got no offensive line either. And neither does Najee uh, Harris, who yeah. I've in both my fantasy leagues, uh, yeah. who's doing, who I drafted the first round. He's doing nothing because they can't run the ball. No, right? and then and Ben's not being protected, and and but yeah, but Ben's a thousand years old, and yeah, so I, I'm I'm less in love with Pittsburgh than I was a week ago. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Only a week late. Only a week. Late. <laughs> yeah, right, so that's, that, that's that's my under. My second one is the Denver Denver Broncos versus the New York Jets under forty one. Jets. So I'm, I'm as you know I'm a Patriots fan. Watched the full Jets Patriots game last week. Oh boy, was it four picks? Could have been six on the on the. BYU, uh, BYU first draft pick or second overall, I think it was last year. And uh, they, I just can't see, I can't see them scoring hardly any points this year. Their, their offensive play calling is terrible. They're making this rookie guy throw the ball 20 yards down the field, make him throw five yards down the field, get him some confidence. Don't make him chuck it 20 yards down the field and get it picked. So I, I just, I just think the Jets are broken. I think they're going to have a, a, a long season ahead of them. And Denver, Denver, I think, is the real deal this year. I think Denver is is a strong team. Uh, they get two wide receivers that are questionable. So their wide receivers are banged up. I think you'll see a lot of run game from Denver. I do think Denver will will win this game handily. But uh, I like the under better than the game line. So I'm going to take the under 41 in the Denver Jets game. Okay. And third and final pick, I'm going to ride the Buffalo Bills. Minus a seven and a half over the, over the Deadskins. Uh, Buffalo woke up last week. They won 35 nothing over Miami after after a bit of a, a debacle in, in week one. Um, Washington's defense was touted this year to be a really great defensive team. They have not shown that in the first two weeks. They're not stellar on D. And I just think in Buffalo, Washington, I, I think the NFC East is gonna is gonna get is gonna get beaten up pretty good this year. And I don't think they're much better than last year. And I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the second favorite team in the in the AFC to to win by seven. Wow. Can I say for all of you out there who uh, who uh, spent some money on the Josh Allen MVP uh, pick this year, you can you can rip that ticket up. That's officially dead. Two weeks into this, he's been his stats are horrific. Two they weeks, had, in. they only had like 170 yards pass. Yeah, he, he didn't he, he didn't do much last week, even though it was 35 nothing. Like that that uh, game uh, was a little bit misleading as far as how well Buffalo played on offense because they really didn't play that great on offense. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo's a little. I, that's actually one of the reasons why I stayed away from that pick because I just don't know what I don't know what we're dealing with with Buffalo yet. But it would it shock me if they come out and put up forty two and look good again. Yeah, no, I mean, so all right, well, okay. Uh, well, listen, here's how I'm going to uh, do it this year. I'm going to have two sprinkles and one twenty five thousand star lock play of the week that we are going to track my twenty five thousand star locks. But the sprinkles means. If you had a budget of, let's say, 200 bucks this weekend to, to gamble, the sprinkles are, you know what, you're going to sprinkle a little bit on these first two games, but then you're going to hammer the 25,000 star lock. The Ike lock play of the week. Not Pittsburgh, is it? No. 
is not. Okay, good. It's not good. So uh, first sprinkle actually is the Denver Broncos minus the t- I think it's 10 and a half. That line is 10 yep, and a half. 10 and a half. Uh, I do, like after you see the Jets last week, I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Uh, I'm not even like they could be an 0 16 team. Uh, and Denver all of a sudden looks good. And I think you're right. At mile high, they're going to pound the rock. And I don't think the Jets can score. That's a sprint, but that's only a sprinkle. Uh, second sprinkle when I, I hate to say it because uh, it's your team, but the Pats and it's really more of an Ooh. anti, it's really more of an anti New Orleans pick than it is a Pats pick. I think that first week of New Orleans dump truck in green Bay, very misleading. I mean, they walked into now granted they're and they're, they've been displaced, right? They, they, uh, the hurricane, like they're in yep. that sort of uh, Raptors mode of don't, they don't have a home. This is really their third week in, the, uh, in a row on the, on the road. Pats are tough to beat at home regardless. Uh, Mac, Mac Jones, I think he's the real deal. They're going to manage, like, minus three. That's a sprinkle. It's a sprinkle plus the Pats. Three or three and a half. I thought it was three and a half. Uh, this morning when I checked it, oh, it's still three. Three right here on, on uh, Bet365. Really? All right. Yeah, standing right here. Um, and then the 25,000 star lock. And I can't believe, I thought this line was going to go up. It's come down. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at home to the Chicago Bears. This whole fields thing's playing and brought the line down. So people think that, I mean, he didn't look great last week uh, in, the, in that game at all when he came in. I don't think the Bears are that good. And I think Cleveland, even though they cost me last week, uh, they would have been a lock play of the week last week too. Uh, they're six and a half. Love the Browns this week. Six, love, it's love. six and a half now. Six and a half. I know because they, because fields is playing. Dalton's out fields by that line. I thought it was going to go the other way. <laughs> I know. So I love Ike. If you're listening or when you're listening, Ike run to the mini Mart with this one. We are betting it all on the brownies this week. I think Odell Odell's back this week. I think too. I know. What does that mean? What does that mean? Odell, Odell who? <laughs> Odell. You mean all the jerseys from the kids? Like that Odell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so there you go. That's my, that's my lock lock play of the week. Uh, all right. So for our college football fans out there, you, I know you love it. Well, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this trend. So we got Alabama. We've been betting the first half. So Alabama last week, they were favored in the game by over Florida by 14. The, the first, the opening line, uh, the half, first half line was seven. Well, they, they were up by about, I think it was about 15 at the half. And then they won the game by two. And they, yeah. what you'll find, I find college, college football is these teams that have big spreads on them. They kind of put it in cruise control in the second half. They blow it out. They blow it up in the first half, and then they kind of cruise in the second half. So I'm going to ride this week. I'm going to take the games like the uh, all right, roll it down here, like Georgia, like Georgia Vandy. So Georgia's favored by about 30 over Vanderbilt. Got Ohio State favored by like 40 over over Akron. Auburn's favored by about 30 over Georgia State. Fresno State's about 30 <laughs> over UNLV. So all these teams that are 30 point spreads, I'm going to take the first half. Of the, of the favorite, which will be 15, 17 points for the first half, and take them and go with the theory, go with the Alabama theory with all these other, uh, all the other big picks. I'll report back next week how I did, but that's, uh, that's, that's oh, that's just, this is, this is more just a, a hypothesis. A trend. It's a trend. Yeah. It's a trend. Yeah. Gonna do. yeah. yeah. Can I pull it? That was my COVID cough. I still have the occasional COVID cough that everyone heard there. So I'm still not 100% people. <laughs> almost there, Mike. I'm almost there. Uh, we kind of said, well, why don't you bet Alabama minus 29 first half? Like, think about that. They're playing Southern Mississippi. I yeah. am all over. Oh, it. yeah. I, 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 I'm that. I'll ride that for sure. That I'm going par- to parlay it with all these other ones, too. I'm going to take the Alabama on my own, and then, then I'm going right. to parlay it with the other ones. You know what the problem with gambling is? is like both college and NFL, I've looked this week, and I'm just like, oh, I love a lot of games this week. <laughs> like I, and I feel like, like and I love them in the sense of like, there's no way I'm going to lose. <laughs> and then come, come Tuesday, <laughs> when I do my reconciliation. And you're putting money back in your account. I'll be like, yeah, I guess I can lose. I guess I could have lost that game. <laughs> yeah, because I did. But I do. Listen, I'm all over Alabama. All over Alabama. All right. And then, listen, when we uh, when we come back next week, we'll start looking. And as we get close to the NBA, we'll start doing some NBA futures because there is the there's the juicy Raptor uh, over under for the win season this year that I I'm going to be on the over. Um, but we'll start we'll start getting into that, and we'll start doing a little more of the futures on the uh, on some of the NFL stuff too. And can I just say, but the one future that I think I'm going to hit 80 to one, I bet Cooper cup to lead the league in receiving, uh, this year, 80 to one. Where's, he, where's, he, where's he now? Is he leading? I think second. Really? I think, I think, wow. I think Hill is still first after his big first, but I mean, I'm telling you that I, Matthew Stafford, the only person he looks for on offense is Cooper cup. 
<laughs> you actually have a Cooper bet. Had... You actually have a bet that's tied to Matthew Stafford, the guy who you said was a disaster, so overrated. You have a bet. Uh, no, what I said, he was overrated as a Detroit football player. Oh, okay. now, but now, now he's in the sunny, sunny Los Angeles. <laughs> number one pick, former number one pick, living the dream, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he gets to throw it whenever he wants. He's got Cooper Cup. <laughs> Love Cooper Cup. I just like saying Cooper Cup, actually. <laughs> Uh, okay, listen, that's it. We're moving on. Uh, the, we're uh, and it, how are we doing on time here, Mike? Where are we at? Oh, 30 minutes. Cool. Yeah, we're beautiful. We got 15 minutes left to do. Uh, oh, actually, we have 10 minutes because as I told you, coming up will be uh, our Jay's Corner, our very timely Jay's Corner, kind of with young Johnny Bart. Uh, so do you want to start with uh, what drives? What drives is probably pretty obvious for most Canadians, and uh, it would be. It <laughs> would be. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I think it is. It's, so we had for the people who are listening to this who aren't Canadian, we had a federal election. So about that's just Kentucky Rust, by the way. About sixty days ago, our the our our leader came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to run an election." And uh, out of the blue, right in the heart of a pandemic, he wants to run an election. It's not. It's not. His term's not up. He doesn't. He doesn't. Two years. Left. Two years. He, does, he has got two years left, but he wants to run it to try to get from a minority to a majority government. So we run the election. The results are exactly the same as they were two years ago. It was really, really, really except, really, really except he lost the popular vote. He did. He did actually he did the lose the popular. Yeah, he lost. Lost. He won the ridings, but he lost the popular vote. So we. So now we are here. We are. Absolutely nothing is different or new has changed. And we have just spent $600 million of taxpayers' money to run an election that proved absolutely nothing and wasn't and didn't have to happen. Well, it was, was not necessarily the time. So that, the way the government just thinks, that's fine, and still sticks us with 53% tax rate, that drives me crazy. <laughs> I don't know how the tax rate it ties into the election, but okay. Yeah, the ta- uh, they tax dollars pay for the election, so they got to they got to take taxes to pay for the election. And- I know, but so I had this conversation with my mother the other day. Unfortunately, I had this conversation with my mother, and uh, she was saying the same thing about how it's six. But an election two years from now, when they have to call an election, it's still going to cost six hundred million. So that money's going to be spent regardless. It just got sped. It just got twice. sped up. It's well, no, it, well, every five years. Right, some point every five years. So in theory, over the long haul, this should even itself out uh, when elections are. But don't get me wrong; I am not suggesting he had any right to call that election when he did. No. It was ridiculous. This was all analytics, uh, and I actually. Uh, so I don't know if everyone knows uh, Justin Trudeau was vacationing on our on our lake this summer. Uh, his kid was in the, the sailing program. The, the RCMP boats were around. Anyway, so Justin, you know. So that aside. Um, you know, six degrees separation. I could probably make a call if I had to. Um, but my point is, uh, the guy that he was actually staying with on our lake runs this company uh, that does deep dive analytics. Like this guy works for a bunch of the U.S. Uh, parties, uh, the state uh, and federal level. He works with the and you know all they do is they run these uh, algorithms uh, and analytics to tell you when things are in your favor when they're not in your favor. So obviously he had this intel that says, hey, call the election now. You're going to win. You're going to get your majority government. This, that. So fine. You want to roll the dice and do that. However, Trudeau has to resign. Like he, ha- like he that, has to resign. The cottage has to go up for sale and that guy has to be looking for a new job. I, I totally agree. We should out him. Yeah, we should out him. Um, but like I, 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 did, I, what I don't get now is how he can justify this as being a victory. This wasn't a victory. This is exactly no. what you had before you called the election. And you said you were calling the election for a very specific reason, to get a majority, to have your mandate. Well, you didn't get it. And you lost popular vote. He should absolutely have to resign. Fundamentally, okay have to resign. I'm okay with that. Well, he should have to. Yeah. Yeah, should have to. Pump, the pump. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was horrible. That was horrible. Uh, well, you know what? Because that was... Uh, timely for you. I could see why you brought that up this week. So I'm going to bring up something uh, equally uh, relevant. So as I mentioned earlier, we have not, we didn't, the pod probably got delayed a couple of weeks because of my uh, untimely COVID diagnosis that I got from my daughter. Absolutely. You know, and it's funny thing is people think that I somehow brought this into the world because Annie and one of our other friends in school also tested positive. And they think that I somehow gave it to the kids. Like people, the odds are the kids gave it to me. The odds are that my daughter sleeping in my bed with me on top of me, I'm pretty sure I got it from her. That's how the, uh, cause I'm pretty sure she got it from school because God knows any 
Tom, Dick, or Harry here will send their kid to school with symptoms. They don't give a shit. That kid's going to school, right? We know that's happening. So, but whatever. Um, however, when you are uh, in the COVID zone uh, and all you can do is watch Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, and read shit, uh, you, you come up with a few things. So shortly after, uh, or just before I got it, Joe Rogan had been had been diagnosed, but had come through it, right? And and of course he came out with this whole like, see, I told you I'm not vaccinated. I took all the I took the horse pills. I took this these antibodies. I did, and look, I'm totally fine. But everyone's ignoring the fact that I've been cured. And this is what he said. I'm like, you fucking idiot, <laughs> right? You weren't cured you weren't cured by anything that you took. You may have been in that situation where you were young, younger, healthy, and the odds are you were going to come through this anyways. But the fact that you had uh, access to these other treatments that may or may not have helped you because it hasn't been proven that any of these things uh, are, are cures or, and or speed up the process of, of you getting better, that you're out there denying the vaccines as being something you should do, but yet you take all these other scientific methods to help you get better. Well, why wouldn't you just take the fucking vaccine in the first place? If you're going to rely on science uh, to help you feel better, but not then why not take the vaccine in the first place? It's because they come from the exact same space. I was just like, and this guy's out there with a hundred million people like touting this horse pill, ivermectin. I, and the thing is I've people here that I've taught, they, they, they swear that it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. Nobody in the science community is saying this is a proven uh, method. You should take this. It works. Like no one's saying that yet. These people run to it. These antibody treatments that people are saying actually can help you feel better when you get it. But it's the same kind. This was invented in a lab. They've come up with this this uh, treatment in a lab, the same place where the vaccine came from. Why aren't you doing what they were telling you up front to avoid having to take all these other things? Like it's just. And then for him to get on his high horse to say, oh, look, no one's talking about the fact that I was cured by using all these non-vaccine treatments. Like, are you fucking kidding me, Joe Rogan? He is such a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe, I'm sitting there going, oh, and I'm a huge believer in the fact that uh, my symptoms would have been exponentially worse had I not had the vaccine, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. and the point is, I didn't have to, and I didn't take one, by the way, I did not take one thing to help me feel better. I took a couple of Advil, uh, early days. And that was it. So I didn't have to take it. I didn't throw anything else in my body. So who knows what the long-term effect of that horse pill is on you, right. Joe Rogan, because there's been no data suggest uh, it's going to help you. So there you go. Uh, so Joe Rogan, you are what drives me crazy. And anybody out there who is using science, uh, but won't take the vaccine, but uses the science, if they get sick uh, here, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Mike, can you see if we can get Joe Rogan on the pod? Give him a call. See if he wants to no, or, or I'll go on his. I can jump on his. <laughs> Either one. You know, that might actually help our listenership. He's going to get 100 million people a week who download that. <laughs> and the thing, you know, the, you know, but to his defense, the thing is, I think we could have this conversation. I don't think he'd be freaking out on me. He'd be, I think he'd listen. Like, he does do that. Like, he does do a good job. Just, But he, he openly admits he's an idiot. <laughs> right? He openly admits something that no one should listen to him, and yet everyone listens to him. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And no one, and no one listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, the world's a cruel, it's a cruel, cruel place. It is. It is. It's a cruel, just not fair. Just not fair. <laughs> Ass backwards, this place. Yeah. Uh, okay, listen. Uh, what's, with, what's with your Biden? Why, why, how can Biden not let us drive across the border, for God's sakes? Like, what? Yeah, that's, like, that's another 30 days. Like, to group us in with Mexico. And not have us like my so my snowbird clients they're all they're all they're all beside themselves because they can't drive down to Florida when they want to go down in early October yeah. this year. Like what I can't like you can fly there, you can hop off a plane, you can do anything, but why can we not just drive? And you can drive here, come on over in Canada, that's fine. But why can we not drive there? It just it uh, shocks me. Well, I mean that that's also ridiculous, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but it the way that I had to get across the border because I had my fucking dog with me this summer, uh, and we thought. We thought the border would be, would be open by the time August rolled around. So, but as it turns out, the only way for me to get across this summer was to get in a helicopter with my dog, put my car on some sort of shipping method. I don't know if it was by boat or by, uh, by 18 wheel or whatever it was that somehow I can helicopter over land with my dog, meet two customs agents, meet me at the helicopter, take all of nine seconds to process me. And I come, I walk up the end, there's my car. That was okay. But me, God forbid, I would have driven across that. I know. Ridiculous. So, so, and only $2,000 later. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it is ridiculous. You know I know. It, yeah. But yeah, that whole thing's beyond ridiculous now, too. It's just it is. the world's nuts. The world's <laughs> fucking crazy. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Uh, okay, listen, uh, we got to go. AOB. AOB, and then uh, it'll be uh, our, uh, Blue Jays Corner, and then we're out of here. AOB, uh, Minard, if you got it, you've been watching some shows. We talked about this. If you haven't watched Malice in the Palace, you got to watch it on, on Netflix. The whole wow. uh, the whole big fight between the Pistons and the Pacers, and they bring the fans in and they talk all about it. It is a, it is a, it is a great. It's only an hour, an hour ten minutes or something. That's on Netflix, but it is a great. And and you remember, like I, I'm old enough to remember that. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool to uh, cool to bring that back. And and, and uh, you're old enough to remember. It was 14 years ago. It was, <laughs> it was in the 90s. It was no. in the 90s, wasn't it? No. What was it 2004? It was 94. Yeah, it was like 2006 or something oh, like that. Jesus. Yeah, I'm old. Oh, Jesus. Oh, really? <laughs> do, you, do you also remember 9-11? <laughs> Princess died dying. Do you remember Princess died dying? Yeah. yeah I do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But that, that's great. That's a great watch. It's uh, it's good. To, it's it's it's, uh, well, it's good to see. Not to not to uh, subvert our future. Um, our future sessions because we will get into what you're watching. Like, I don't want to lose that. But that whole that's an, that's called Untold on. Um, on Netflix, and there's like six of them now. Yeah, and I, I've, I've watched them all. To, yeah, the Marty Fish one was awesome. Yeah, uh, and I'm just in the middle of watching this uh, this hockey one. Uh, with oh, the that's the best. That's one of the best ones. Well, Run by I'm, the mob. I'm, awesome. thir- I'm only 30 minutes in. It's like holy, it's unbelievable, unbelievable it story. So yeah, so okay. Untold in general, watch it. Yeah. You got to watch it, Mike. You watching Untold yet? I've not. Hey, get in the boxer. Come Even on the box, Christy. The Christy, uh, the the female boxer. Oh, Christy Martin. Christy, Christy Martin. Martin. Yeah. That's a solid yeah. one. Yeah. The, no, no, they're all, and they got the 911 one too. No, it's like four seasons. It gets a little it gets a little, it drags a little bit, but that uh, one the, totally drags. But the first Absolutely. the first few episodes are good and that kind of drags near the end. All right. Uh okay, but listen, we are gonna do a way because listen, uh that's the other thing. When you do get COVID, there's nothing that you don't watch at that stage. So I think I've watched it all. Did you now. watch Clickbait? Clickbait was another new one. Another oh, do not watch it. It's a horrifically bad show. Oh, I like, thought it was great. You did not. Did you hang in till the end? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, yeah I'm sitting, every time I thought I'm turning it off, I'm turning it off, I'm turning it off. Come on, the acting's horrific. Well, the girl, right? acting, the girls, the girl's a little weak, uh, but the, but the storyline's good. Yeah, storyline's good. You can't say that. Edit that part out. First of all, girls, woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. You can't say that. The whole thing was the whole. It's a B. It's a B level production. It's just, but it's just so bad, so bad. <laughs> Listen, I didn't mind the idea, the concept of it, but yeah. Throw in some good actors with a with a production budget, and now we're talking. This thing is just ridiculous. Yeah, do not do not invest yeah, in clickbait. Should you should watch it for sure. No, yeah. I would not. Uh, okay, uh, AOB. Listen, the big cat. Did you know about the big cat? No. So doing? the big cat, who is Jamal McGlure, who's been on the Raptors bench for the last X number of years. Uh, as I was doing a little bit of research today, I went through the assistant coaches for whatever reason, and his name was not on there. So I was like, oh. Anyways, he's now part of the uh, Golden State Warriors uh, bench. He's like their, I don't know, their technical trainer or something like this. I don't really? Know, player develop- yeah. So no more Big Cat, which is great news for anyone who owns those seats directly <laughs> behind the Big Cat. True, because true. he was, it, it, the worst investment you could ever have made was having those seats, one or two rows right behind the Raptors bench, because McGlure was always in the third row of coaches, right? Because, so he's right, he's literally right in front of you, and he stands up the entire time just stretching out his arms, telling people to box out. That's all he did. I've, I've sat behind there once uh, and with my buddy Craig, and it was like you're just bobbing and weaving trying to fucking see the action with him there. It's it was ridiculous. But that being no, it said, doesn't surprise me because he didn't. He he was not invited to the bubble when the bubble was on. He he was oh, left. No he was left behind. And uh, last yeah, last year in Tampa, you didn't see a lot of him. You saw a bit of him, but I I I I'm not sure him and Nick. Uh, were saw eye to eye on things, and yeah. and and I've spoken with uh, Big Cat. Yeah, he, he's not the sharpest knife in the world. He's not. No, he's no. not. A, I'm surprised he's a technician. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he got in Kentucky because of his basketball skills and his grades. No, I think, I it, I think it was just his basketball that probably got yeah. him. That's good size. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, that's it. We're out. Uh, but before we go, we're gonna uh, quickly. Uh, Johnny is gonna join him for. Uh, Blue Jays Corner coming up, and then it, then it'll be uh, a wrap. Okay, okay, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, let's play ball. All right, well here it is, the much talked about 
first ever Jay's Corner speaking with young Johnny Bart uh, and apparently in the background of a, a zoo with all the, uh, all the, all the sounds of nature uh, to join us for, well, which makes sense, the bird for Jay's Corner. So here we go. Uh, so Johnny, welcome, uh, welcome back to the pod. This is kind of your segment. So this is, you know, you're not even really a guest, you're kind of a host to the segment. Hello, everybody. Uh, all right. So here we go, Johnny. Jay's in the stretch run. Uh, and I, a stretch run that a lot of people didn't think was going to be happening. So first things first, why don't you tell us what are the chances the Jays are going to make that wildcard spot? Um, I think it's about a 50-50 chance right now, to be honest, because we have... What? That's it? 50-50? Where are we at? As of today, after that debacle yesterday in Tampa Bay. We are half a game back of the wildcard spot. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I don't like where our bullpen and I'm not a big fan of our pitching rotation right now. Oh, our pitching rotation is still solid, but it's been better. And that's what was keeping us in a lot of games that we shouldn't have been in. So we have 10 more games left and we have a four game series against the twins. I feel like if we get at least three games, we are definitely going to be favored to make a wild card. If we, you mean if we take three out of four from the from the, yeah, the Twins? Yeah, the Twins. Well, I don't know if that matters. If the Yanks go three out of four in their next series, who do the Yanks have? The Yanks have the Red Sox. Yanks have the Sox. Okay. Uh, well, that's good for us because we're going to make we if we go three out of four, we're going to make up ground on one of those two teams. So yeah, I didn't realize gonna, that. That's that's, I, yeah. that's why I said that. So <laughs> yeah. so if we go three out of four, we should be in a spot, and then we have six games at home against the Yankees which I feel like we just have to at least get a game. And then we have our yeah. final series against the O's. Since with the other birds. That's right. Yeah. Which should be a sweep. Oh, what about the Crows? What about the Crows that are playing in the background? You think we can, think we can take them on? Should be. Uh, okay. So listen, um, so you're kind of all over the map, 50, 50, but then you just like, you just create a scenario where we're almost automatic to make it. So uh, I think I'd like to think that we're a little bit higher than, than 50, 50. I mean, I do see, like, it's all about to this series. I see if the Twins, if we oh, blow up against the Twins, I don't think there's any chance. So it's all about the Twins series. Because I feel like we can sweep the O's and then get at least a game from the Yankees. And that would be a four out of six wins. We're at home those games. And if it comes down to the last game at home afternoon game, I do feel like there's a very high chance of us winning that game. And, uh, and what are you hoping for? What? What are you hoping to happen? I'm hoping we make the playoffs. No, you're hoping for what else are you hoping Oh, for? I'm hoping we win the whole thing. No, you're not. You're hoping that we at least get where? To the World Series. Why? Why are you hoping that? Because then we go. Then we get to go to a game. Yeah. In Canada. We're not going to we're not going to LA. Watch play the Dodgers. Or the uh, Giants. All right. Well, listen, Johnny, uh, quickly, Vlad Guerrero, make a case for him to be MVP. I don't see any reason why Vladimir Guerrero shouldn't be the MVP because he has like a 320 average. I think he's now just under 400 OBP. He has the most home runs. Actually, no, Salvador Perez does now. And people have been talking about Shohei Otani. And at the start of the season, it did look like that, that he was going to be the MVP. But he only has a 260 average and I, he does pitch. He's a two sixty. You know average. what? The Shohei bubble has burst as far as I'm yes. concerned. You know what? Yes, he's having a, he's a solid seat and he's obviously first pitcher hitter we've had uh, in a long time. He's cooled down. He has ninety five RBIs. He might have forty five home runs, but he's either a home run or a strikeout. Well, how about where this? I'm concerned. How about this? How about if we take Vladdy off the Jays? Where are they? Um, they're where the Angels would be. Yeah, exactly. that's and barely take, below five hundred. Uh, Otani off the Angels. Where would they be? Probably the same. Yeah, they would still be a non-playoff contending team. Because Otani, right now, all he's doing for them is he's giving them 95 runs out of, well, 500 at-bats, which is still pretty good. But at the end of the day, I feel like Otani just – he's either hitting a extra base hit or he's striking out. Well, he's the like point a, is – he's on a losing team. Vladdy has – the Jays are 20-6 and six in the last 26 games. Vladdy is the clear uh, offensive leader of this team. He's got a chance to win the Triple Crown. 
if this team makes the playoffs on his back, he absolutely, in any other year, would be the MVP. I don't think the fact that Otani pitches and bats 260 uh, automatically makes him the uh, MVP. So that's where, that's where I'm going with this. Well, I do like how you said that, but Otani. <laughs> you should love those. I mean, but the Blue Jays, it's not like Vladimir Guerrero has been carrying this team. We have four guys with 25 home runs, and it's soon to be five if Guriel can get four out of the last 10, which is asking for a lot. But Guriel went from a 230 average at the All-Star break to 280, so, so now, he's been hot. You're not really helping the case for Vladdy uh, to be the MVP. Oh, you're I'm saying, saying – We have this bunch of other weapons. Yes, we do. We have Robbie yeah, Ray. Remember when I told you I placed the wager on Vladdy to win the MVP? Yes, and I think he ago? will win the MVP, but it's not you like just, he's been carrying this team. Well, I hope you don't have a vote because I don't think you'd help my, my cause of trying to make that win that bet. Uh, you're, a bit, you're a bit of a disaster when it comes to this stuff. Maybe have to okay, that. let me just talk to the Yankees schedule real quick. All right, real quick, because then we got to go. I'm going to wrap it up. All right. So the Yankees are finishing at home, but their next six games, they are playing away. So they have the Red Sox for three, and then they have the Blue Jays for three, and they finish off with the Rays. And during the math, if we do need a game, at the end of the season, we will have Robbie Ray pitching because that's how the pitching rotation is looking. If he doesn't miss a start. Oh, there you go. So I think we'll leave Robbie Ray for sure. Before I said 50%, but after I've been lying down the facts, I think it's about 75% chance. Oh, I mean, actually, after you did your research while we're doing this, you decided to change your mind from 50 to 75? No. Yeah, after what? I said it aloud. If you want credibility with our listeners, you got to come prepared. I did come prepared. Um, I have all this stuff open. That is not obvious. All right, listen, Johnny, thank you. This is uh, our first of, of, you know, four or five Jays Corners coming up, hopefully longer if they make a deeper run. Uh, so next week, I'm going. we're going to be looking for your uh, evaluation of the Jays uh, after their four-game series with Minnesota. So you have to come. You have to watch. You have to watch. It'll be tough. You have a big tennis tournament this weekend that you better win or else. Don't come home. Seriously, that's right. Either win or don't come home. Oh, one home. more thing, one more thing. I'm assuming – Everybody who's watched this is listening to this pod right now has seen us hit Kevin Kiermeyer. And I would just like to say I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Cause you must have heard Kiermeyer's interview where he said he thought it was his scouting right. report. You're okay with being called. We got it. Yeah. yeah. No, we got it. Okay. Boo right. Kiermeyer, go Jays. Thank you, Johnny Bart, for the uh, the first and probably only ever Jays corner. Kawhi, take it away. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win!